Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes. Welcome to Tech Radio for 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. All brought to you by the PRTG Network Monitor from Paisler.com. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we'd like to keep you bang up to date on all things tech every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters as well, which you can grab for free, of course, at our website, techcentral.ie. Now, GDPR has only been with us for two weeks, but on day one, Google, Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp all found themselves on the receiving end of a 7 billion euro worth of complaints against them for data breaches. They were brought by Austrian privacy campaigner Max Schrems, who was in Dublin during the week for Ireland's Edge, a coded culture, which is an evening of discussion and performance at Trinity College. Max was the keynote speaker at the event, and before he took to the stage, the man behind Europe versus Facebook sat down to talk to our very own Niall Kitson about GDPR, how US companies are dealing with Europe's new data protection laws and how strictly we can expect them to be enforced. I guess the most important place to start our conversation right now is GDPR. Hmm. And the deadline has came and been and it's a massive realignment, I suppose, of the relationship between Europe and uh, the US, where we have two very different uh, attitudes to data. So from your perspective, how does the landscape look at the moment? I mean, have American companies settled down to the European way of thinking or have they spent two years ignoring it and hoping nothing will happen? Um, I think it, it very much depends on which type of company. We have like more traditional companies that are not in the business of making money from data. They usually try to kind of um, follow that. There are even a lot of U.S. companies that now roll GDPR out as like their global product because... They have one product worldwide, they don't want to separate, and it's cheaper for them to just follow the privacy things once it got engineered um, worldwide and not just have that for Europe. Um, there's a very different thing with a couple of the really big tech giants. If you look at their privacy policy, it seems like deliberate, deliberate ignorance of GDPR. Um, it depends on the subject matter. There's like certain things like, I don't know, data portability that they can align themselves with more than, than other things. But at the core issues of when are you allowed to use someone else's data or not, it seems that a lot of them kind of forcefully try to ignore GDPR or redefine things. And that's going to be very interesting, especially for us to enforce things, because if this redefinition sits around for five years or so, then it trickles down and people kind of assume that that's actually how the law is to be interpreted, because there's this assumption that these big companies know what is right and wrong. <laughs> um, so for us, it's actually quite interesting to, to look at these things. So one of the standard stuff is that all these companies now, for example, say that they have a legitimate interest to strip all your data for advertisement. And if advertisement is a legitimate interest um, that allows them to use your data without consent, without any other legal basis, then we basically don't need privacy laws. Because if you can use anybody's data just for advertisement, then I wouldn't be able to think of any other purpose that that would be um, that would not be allowed. Um, so that is stuff that is actually very interesting to look into. And um, that's what we're going to do with NOIB anyway. So. From your own experience uh, in taking the Europe v. Facebook sort of organization, mm. if you will, uh, and bringing the case uh, in Ireland in the High Court, there's an awful lot of bouncing back and forth of jurisdictions mm. who actually should prosecute this case. Do you think that experience has somewhat informed the final formulation of GDPR? 
Um, so Universe of Facebook was never an organization. We basically were, I was, it was a web page that I put online. Um, but, um, one big thing that influenced GDPR tremendously was really the, the lack of, um, enforcement in Ireland in the sense of this actually led to the whole cooperation mechanism. So far, we generally assume that all member states enforce the law properly, which in many aspects, in many areas of law, they don't. Um, but that was the general assumption so far. And I think for GDPR, it became obvious with the, especially with the previous DPA in, in Ireland, that um, there is a um, financial benefit of not enforcing EU law because you're then more attractive to international companies. Um, and that is, I think, where this specific case really led to this whole cooperation mechanism. I don't know if it's going to work in practice because it says, you know, all these DPAs should get together and be friends and, and coordinate. Um, the reality is that they oftentimes hate each other, have very different opinions, and, and can oftentimes not even agree on, like, very political uh, papers of what the law should be, which aren't even, like, enforcement actions, but just, like, opinions in a way. And if they can't even agree there, I wonder how much they agree in, in, in a factual enforcement situation. But we'll have that situation already. We, we filed four different complaints now on what I called forced consent, like these pop-up boxes that get on everybody's nerves um, that are actually legal on GDPR anyways. Um, and a lot of that will lead to um, coordination with, with um, the Irish DPA. And um, it will be interesting to see how that actually works in practice then. Um, especially um, GDPR now foresees these penalties and ultimately if the Irish DPA in a lot of these cases will be the lead authority, they will be in charge of actually putting out the penalty. And it will be interesting to see how much they are willing to put out the penalty, also knowing that any penalty that goes against a big company is going to end up in the high court again, or in the Supreme Court in Ireland, because it's it's automatically going to be challenged by the big companies. Even if they know they lose the case, they will probably challenge it out of principle. And that is then interesting because a case like that can cost like 10 million or something. So it's going to be interesting. Does the DPC have the... Mm, emotional power to go through with it <laughs> and, and do they have the financial backup to really bring these cases and, and pursue it because mm, the reality is in, in a court battle like that um, this authority would be not the one that has the most resources <laughs> yeah I think there is that sense that what is exactly the red line where exactly are data protection commissioner is going to go actually do you know what Ms. Google you've done you've gone too far this time I mean, mm. what is it going to take I mean we've already had our Cambridge Analytica moment uh, and things are still chugging along after the the standard issue apology mm. so what will it actually take um that's the big question I have as well like that's the problem we had in a long while in, in privacy law in general we had this um I mean I came as a general lawyer into the privacy area and the reason why it got my attention, in addition to kind of being interesting because we're moving into digitalization, the whole subject matter becomes really relevant, was this non-enforcement attitude within the privacy world. Um, every parking violation is more enforced than, than your your biggest privacy violation. And and parking in a run spot is not a fun, fundamental right. <laughs> privacy is. Um, so um, I think it's going to be interesting if this change in culture happens. And that's not just a matter for the Irish DPA. That's true for most DPAs in Europe. Um, some of them have already stated that they will now really see themselves as an enforcement body, just like the banking authority or financial regulator or something like that. Um, others definitely don't have the resources for it. It's going to be interesting because Ireland probably now has the resources to do that, um, given the, the budget increase and, and the additional staff they have and so on. 
Um, we don't know what the, if there's a change in culture. Um, that is that remains to be seen. So I think that's um, really interesting. However, in the long run, I think it would be hard to sustain, and especially in the global spotlight as well, to kind of not enforce anything. Like let's say Facebook kind of, for example, has this obvious um, attitude to kind of force people to consent and not give them another option. It was clear that that is illegal under GDPR. Like if you put that into your software, you forcefully ask to get a case against you. Um, and then the question is, are you going to, you know, really come down with a fine? How high is it going to be? Is it going to be, you know, a million or something that Facebook probably wouldn't care about anyways? Or is it going to be substantial? Or is it just going to be a warning, which basically means you can do anything knowingly without without any consequence? And, and I think that is going to be very interesting to see. Um, and um, we'll take tough decisions on, on behalf of a, an authority because... Um, if they are kind of really enforcing things, there's going to be an outcry that, you know, they are ruining the Irish business sector and they're ruining the, the, the possibility to have like international companies be attracted and so on. Um, if they don't do anything, there's going to be an outcry that they don't do their job. Um, so it's going to be very interesting how they decide on that. And I think in the end, that's, um, uh, there's a very clear law that says you have to have um, penalties that are um, that are proportionate and that make sure that people don't engage in illegal activities. Um, so they have to be they have to hurt enough that they don't follow violate the next part of GDPR tomorrow. Um, and the question is if that's going to be used. And and um, I I'm, I'm very kind of interested in that. I mean we're obviously pushing in in, in one direction and. We'll see how different DPAs react then. Do you think companies will do a little bit of maths then? Will they go, okay, if we roll out this feature, it'll probably cost us this much under GDPR, mm. but we'll make this much in revenue, we'll eat the fine? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what happened so far. So far, if you talk to privacy lawyers that are in the pro-business sector, they tell you until GDPR came around, most of their clients walked away and said, you know, the fine is so trivial and so unlikely to come around. It's cheaper to just pay the fine than even asking a lawyer how to do it right. Um, and from a business perspective, that's the absolutely correct decision. The decision is if you break the law, nothing is going to happen anyway. So from a from an investment and a standpoint of making money, this is all kind of you know in a positive way. It's called disruption. Um, in reality, it's just ignoring the law and see what happens. Um, there was one guy that said, you know, um, was kind of the I think Attorney General or something of New York. Um, I think it was in Airbnb, but it was a wonderful quote because he said, um, breaking the law is not innovative. <laughs> and it's basically, you know, the mafia did that for 100 years. You're not very innovative doing the same thing just in the tech sector now. Um, um, and I think that's that's crucially the issue, and that's kind of the reason probably why my case became a case even that was recognized in public um, because it was the first time that someone actually pursued his rights. So, like, we have a lot of talk and publications and media interviews or documentaries about privacy and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we never really enforced it properly. And that's quite frankly a European problem. Like if you're a U.S. company and you just realize this is not going to be enforced anyway, so it's, 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 it's reasonable not to, um, not to follow the laws. It's not very morally, ethically, right? <laughs> but from a business perspective, it, it makes sense. And I think the problem in Europe is really the enforcement then, and that's a problem we have to solve. Um, and it's going to be interesting what the roles of the DPAs are going to be. In addition to the penalties of the DPAs, and I think that's totally overlooked, um, GDPR now also has the option to have um, emotional damages and has the options in different ways to form kind of class actions um, or like collective redress, if you call it that way. And that would actually allow, independently from DPAs, to go after companies with, um, if you say, let's say, you know, Facebook has... 
300 million or something European users that are now officially managed out of Ireland. Um, if you just get a million or two of them in a class, um, and which would always be opt-in, and you would say everybody asked for like a thousand bucks or something for their data to be disclosed to the NSA, um, you have an amount that's even higher than the GDPR penalties. Um, so that's going to be very interesting as well because that are that's another option to enforce things if the authorities don't do it. One thing that has really sort of become um, really seeped into the public consciousness because of the Cambridge Analytica scandal wasn't so much what happens when they get your data as who they share your data with. Mm. Do you think there is a level of data, for want of a better term, data literacy that people need to have to understand that mm. when you tick that box, do you know, you really are handing over an awful lot more about yourself than you think you are? Um, I personally don't think that... I think we have to educate people much more, obviously, but we're not going to win this battle on education. Um, the reality is that these systems are so complex and so hard to understand that not even most of the Facebook engineers really know all the details of the software that Facebook runs. Um, so the idea that a 70-year-old grandmother just want to see you know, the pictures of their grandchildren on Facebook is going to make an informed decision about checking this box or not. <laughs> is totally hideous. And that is one of the debates within the privacy um, debate that I think is the most absurd things we have. But it's all over. Like, I have that question every interview. It's like one of the automatic things is like, how much should the user be educated, take responsibility, and so on. And the reality is it's so complicated that this responsibility will never be adequately done by the user. I'm not talking about, you know, the person that kind of posts his naked pictures online and then wonders why he wouldn't get a job or so. Um, but uh, the, all the background, everything that happens in the background of these systems is is so um, hard to understand that, you know, even if you talk to a Facebook engineer or something, they would probably not know that or wouldn't even be allowed to know which part of the information actually goes to the NSA. Um, and he wouldn't have access to that part of the software. Um, so the idea that an average guy would understand that and make an informed decision is not, I think, a regulatory approach that makes any sense. And we don't have that approach in any other area. Like we, if you eat bad food and you throw up after that, we wouldn't say, you know, you should have a food laboratory after eating, buying something at the supermarket, first check it and then eat it, because otherwise it's your responsibility as the average guy that you ate bad food. Um, or, you know, if it's, I don't know, building codes, we just expect that there is a government authority that makes sure the buildings don't collapse and we can just walk in a building without checking it ourselves. Um, and... Interestingly, just in the privacy area, which is actually much more complex than food safety or so, um, we suddenly have the feeling that the user should take control and, and be in charge of it. And overall, this whole thing is basically a very simple act of responsibility shifting. Um, the big companies that actually have the power over these things shift the responsibility on these things actually to the user. And it's not just about privacy. It's the same thing for fake news for you know every kind of hate postings all of that kind of stuff they usually like we're not responsible for any of this it's always the user's fault um and i think that simple act of responsibility shifting for whatever reason worked in the privacy area where we wouldn't expect like accept that in any other debate like it's 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 a very specific debate on privacy and in Austria, you still have to study Roman law, like 2,000-year law. And one of the most basic principles of any legal theory is whoever has the power over something also has to bear the responsibility over it. Because, you know, you're, you're in the end the person that can actually regulate it. Um, and only in the privacy debate, we kind of have a public perception, because I think it got repeated that often, that it's the user's fault. So it's a big company doing things but the user it's the user's fault if there's a consequence and that is really uh, amazing to me that that this 
idea stuck with everybody that well, um, and everybody accepts it. So I guess the the um, the counter argument on the part of the social networks, on the part of the big tech companies, is look, here's the problem: we'll give you a better UI so you can see what we're actually doing, but we're still going to do it the same way. Uh, that's this whole kind of uh, again this whole kind of U.S. notion of notice and choice, basically. Um, so the idea is. You put a big-ass sticker on it and say it's going to kill you, and then it's your choice to take it or leave it. Um, and that, I don't think it, it's going to get us anywhere. In, and there's a, it's, again, it's a way of responsibility shifting to say that we put a big sticker on it, so it's your fault. And I usually compare that to, for example, in California, there's Prop 65, where you have to put a sticker on everything that could be cancerous. So when I had a rental car in L.A., there was a big-ass sticker on the driver window saying, this car may cause birth defects, um, reproduction harm, cancer, I don't know what. And we didn't solve the cancer issues with that sticker. And um, However, the idea is that then it's the user's fault if they actually got into the car. And I... I fundamentally don't believe that this makes any sense like this leads to an internet with 10,000 pop-up boxes um that no one is really interested in without solving the issue really and um so either we agree that all of this isn't an issue that's fine um but then we don't need the stickers or we agree that it is an issue then we better just prohibit it and, and get rid of all the stickers um and i think that is that is an approach that simply makes sense for everybody um Obviously, there is a big in interest in kind of, after all, an old GDPR setting, we have to separate the data usage. GDPR allows 90% of what you got to do with data anyways. Like um, everything that they have to do on their platform to actually provide the service is legal under GDPR. No debate. You don't need to consent to anything. All of that is legal anyways. Now, they may have additional things that makes more revenue which is, for example, micro-targeted ads. It's not advertisement in general. You can still have advertisement without going into personal data. This whole debate about there's only ads if there's personal data. I was actually talking to someone a couple of days ago, and they said, like, micro-targeted ads gives you about 30% more revenue in ads. Um, but that is the big interference with your privacy in this area. So let's say that we isolate that issue from the rest of what they do, which is legal anyways. And the additional secondary use of your data... Um, for advertisement is then something where they actually need consent from you. And people can choose. Like People can say, I want to have the most personalized advertisement because I like something that is more relevant to me or have the PR talk is of it. Um, then they can still opt in on that. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but to kind of package it and say, you must give us all your data if you use our service, um, that is something that GDPR kind of rather clearly prohibits. And I think if companies would separate different processing operations properly and say, so this is all the basic functions of our page. This is something we put in the privacy policy and explain to you just so that you know, but we don't need any consent on that basis. And then there is like these two or three really relevant additional issues where you then have a yes or no choice. And you can sell that to people. You can say, you know, this is great because it gives you that benefit. People can make a choice if they want that or not. Um, then we actually get into a situation where you have one or two meaningful questions on a page that actually asks you, do you want this or not? And if you say no, then it's no. And um, you would still be able to make a load of money, and none of these companies is really short on making money, <laughs> and still follow the law, respect privacy, and not have 10,000 pop-up boxes, and have probably more happy customers, because they can, after all, choose what they want. Uh, you mentioned NYLB before, which mm. is not your own business. So d tell us a little bit more about that. 
Um, so fundamentally, I think uh, the big issue why all of these laws that we already had weren't enforced is, first of all, there weren't um, a lot of penalties. But secondly, we have to collectivize privacy enforcement. The average guy is not going to go after Facebook for a pop-up that is wrong. And we have that in all other areas as well. Typical thing is consumer rights. Um, if, I don't know, Ryanair charges 10 euro too much on some baggage fee or whatever, but no one is going to go after Ryanair up to the Supreme Court for 10 euros. Like, everybody in, in, everybody in the world has better stuff to do. Um, and... However, if that's happening millions of times, they make a lot of money illegally. Um, I'm just making up this argument, but like official disclaimer, I'm not claiming Prime Ryanair did anything wrong. <laughs> but, um, but the system is basically that. We had cases like that, for example, in Austria, that the telecom was charging 50 cents too much for um, paper bills. And no one is going to go to court over 50 cents. But by, when 8 million Austrians pay 50 cents too much, then it's a bunch of money every month. Um, and that is usually collectivized um, through, for example, consumer rights organizations that then take these cases and go up to the Supreme Court. And I think that's the same thing we'll have to do in the privacy world. We have to um, sit down and think about what the issues are and enforce that collectively so um, that not each individual person has to kind of go home, read the privacy policy after working for 10 hours, have a very informed choice that they don't want that, realize they can't push another button, and then go to the DPC, who is going to turn you down, and then you have to go all the way to Luxembourg to get your case done, to then just use your, I don't know, app to order a pizza. Like, this is something that's not going to happen. And NOIB, as an organization, is meant to kind of do that, to have a couple of lawyers on staff to identify key issues that... Um, is relevant to a lot of people. We're going to focus on commercial privacy because there are already existing NGOs that do kind of government surveillance mainly, and we'll cooperate with them a lot. And we do all of this on a European level because we had an additional issue that privacy cases that were brought so far were usually brought nationally. I was one of the little examples of going as an Austrian going to Ireland and kind of do that on a, on a European level. But usually these issues are the same throughout Europe. Like there is an app that does the same thing in all 28 member states. So it's um, actually more effective to kind of enforce these things on a European level um, because the input-output ratio is simply 28 times at least bigger than, <laughs> um, than doing that nationally. And that is basically the concept. So we'll, uh, we, just started, we just hired the first two lawyers. Um, we're kind of now building up over the, week, uh, over the summer to, to um, really be able to be operational on that. Um, the big issue is still funding. Um, we're basically funded by member, like by supporting members mainly, um, but also like for example, the city of Vienna um, puts like twenty five thousand a year in it, um, and that is the big question: how much funding we can put up to actually um, then file complaints and, and go forward with cases. And that was our Nile Kitson talking to Max Schrems. That's almost it for our show for this week. The program is supported by PRTG from Paisler, which monitors your IT infrastructure 24-7 and alerts you to problems before your users even notice. So if you're interested in working smarter, faster and better and looking like a tech god, check out their system at www.paisler.com. Of course, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, news, daily newsletters and more at our website website techcentral.ie or just listening to our show every week or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.